What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, but a weekly podcast with Terence and yours truly, where we talk about stuff that's been on our minds for the past week. And today we'll be talking about, first of all, I think just discussing the 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 the, the mil- million dollar question are uh, millennial strawberries. Million, million, millennial, 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 millionaire millennial. millennials, and uh, Kim Kardashian's new shapewear line called Kimono. Kim Ono. Yeah. But that one, we, we, we'll talk about the, the, the millennial generation first. Uh. Yeah, the serious topic, lah, basically. Yeah, the, the serious topic. And then yeah. we move into something more goofy. Yeah. So just to get people out to speed, is yeah. that recently there was an article in the newspaper mm. about, um, basically it was an opinion piece by a guy who was about to graduate, I think. Mm. And he's talking about that there's a lot of economic uncertainty out there and a lot of people in his in his school are are unsure about the future as they graduate like and they question the value of their the degree that they're doing and therefore they end up taking on a lot of other things outside of just their studies like ECAs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um so from there, if you looked at the comments from the article on Facebook, a lot of yeah. people going on about how millennials, oh my God, like who hasn't gone through any of these economic uncertainties these days? Why are you complaining? Your strawberries Every and generation has their own challenges and make the best out of the cards dealt to them. Yeah. Millennials are no different. Don't yeah. be expect to don't expect to be spoon fed. And, and and subsequently, after that, there was an article which we read on Rice Media. Mm. Uh, the headline of the article just says everything about it. Lah. From from a Singaporean millennial with love. Stop telling us to suck it up. So basically, yeah, they're tired of hearing the older generations telling them to suck it up. Yeah. So so just just the terminology thing. What what I recall is that the definition of millennial is people born after 1985, 82. 1982. Yeah. So 82 both of us are on the so cusp. We, yeah, we're on the cusp. I me yeah. I'm right, right on the brink. You're right on the brink. Yeah. Uh, you're right on the brink. I don't know why they specifically say 82 though. I That's think because they, they, this, this is one of those things that you know the whole generation X generation Y they need they need a cutoff point. Yeah, but why 82 and not 80? Because maybe when they came up with it it was 2012 so it was like oh 30 years anyone 30 years and below these kind of things is always never really rooted in something that scientific what no I think it might be rooted in in uh because there are certain I, I, I might have read something before where it's a uh, when you reached uh teenagehood yeah the certain technologies became available to you if you're born in 82 lah, for example like oh when I was in 1990 I mean 95 essentially the internet you know I was uh secondary one Mm. So so like just as I hit teenagehood, there was the oh internet. so it was based on some sort of milestone that was yeah. hit lah yeah some kind of milestone particular to that year lah yeah so that means okay so we are we are technically considered millennials yes. but I think this is more about the fresh graduates are the people who are who are uh, I guess in their early twenties I guess that that's that's the generation the people who are looking for employment yeah I believe right yeah they're talking about millennials like um, people who are just coming out of school or still in sc- in school right now uh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So they we set the parameters. These are people who are coming out of school or in school right now. And and yeah, and the the writer of this article does does say like you know stop telling us to suck it up. So I guess the the common thing that we all always hear is yeah like millennials are uh uh softer. Softer. The strawberries are. Yeah. They say they're strawberries because why why do they use the the. Why do they say they're strawberries? Because they are easily bruised, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but then it can be bananas also. Bananas also bruise quite easily. A lot of things bruise easily. I was just thinking, uh, strawberries are special. They're like the only fruit that has its 
wears its seeds outside. Oh, outside really? the fruit. Yeah, the only fruit that has its seeds outside. And 200 it's of seeds them. outside. Uh. Yeah, it does. So, so it's like, wow, you know, it's like these millennials really wear their yeah. hearts on their sleeves. <laughs> uh. Everything you need to know about them is on the surface. So that's kind of like a compliment, right? right. Maybe, I mean, in some way, I don't know whether that was one of those things that was also considered that their strawberries precisely because of that. Uh, they yeah. wear their hearts on their sleeves. Deliberate, and yeah. yeah, like if you want to touch their heart, it's very easy too. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's why I... I, I part of the reason why we're talking about this is because um, not only because we we are lumped together as part mm. of this millennials thing, but also because I was just thinking, is this reputation for millennials really deserved? Yeah. And that's, that's something I think that, uh, even like before today, you know, I think a few weeks ago there was a there was an artic- there was a Facebook post by a certain uh, professor or public mm. figure academic who basically talked about the value of a degree today. La. Because there are some people, everyone today who is graduating from university seems very unsure about job prospects, seems very unsure about the economy going forward. So they're all asking, you know, what is the point of a degree? La? Should I study more? Should I just go to work? Should I join a startup and things like that? And then he gave a very eloquent answer. This is a Singapore academic. Yeah. Yeah. He gave a very long, eloquent answer about it. And uh, there seemed to be quite a... What was the, gist of, what was the gist of the answer? The gist of it was that uh, that your attitude. I mean, depend. The, the gist of it was, how do you define wealth? Like, what kind of wealth are you looking for? Yeah. Are you looking for? Are you looking to be uh, monet, You know, financially wealthy, and then you know, there's certain ways you can do that. Are you looking for uh, wealth in terms of uh, satisfaction in your work? Uh? Mm. So it was a very philosophical dis- discussion that uh, was really long. So uh, some. If anything, it needs to be summarized to be easier but to But if I recall, now. it was... I mean, basically, he was saying that for certain careers like doctors and lawyers where you need technical expertise, a degree is required. Yeah. But others, uh, it's not that clear-cut as it used to be. La. Yeah. And I think yeah. he's... Yeah, like what you said, the main thing is there's no one one size fits all for everyone. And it's about finding what you want to aspire to. La. Yeah. Correct, so so correct. Then, then coming back to the original question, if I were to ask you straight up, Terence, yeah. are millennials strawberries? Um, broadly speaking, I will be on that. I will, I will be defending them. You'll be defending them. I will be defending them. Uh, even as I see myself as a, not so much a millennial, but more of like somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, I, I will defend them because the, they're also facing unprecedented, uh, challenges today. I'm not talking about in a, you know, oh, you know, the world is very dangerous and kind of way. But more in a, just think about it. Like, every other day, there's some new freaking app that every one of their friends is using and everyone has to jump on board and learn how to use the app. I have to learn how to use TikTok. I have to learn how to use Instagram. I have to learn how to use Facebook. And they're just learning something new like that every day. This yeah. technology is just invading their lives. There's so much information and different things to pass through and and what's real, what's fake, you know, they need to know all of this at their fingertips. Uh. Yeah. Whereas previous generations, you really didn't have to. Like, you just relied on what the official line was from the government or the newspapers. They would tell you, these are the, these people know their shit. If they, what, whatever they say is real and you just take it as such. Nowadays, you can't do that. You know, there's just... But how does that, I mean, how does that contribute to the... Because the career thing, uh, the career uncertainty. Because you could yeah. argue, and, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm not, uh, I'm going against you because yeah. I also think that millennials uh, being called strawberries is sometimes unfair, a little, right? yeah, it's unfair. Yeah. Uh, and it's always the easiest thing to say, oh, you young kids. I yeah. mean, people said that to me when I was growing up and then yeah. now if I were to say it, it's just the same thing over and over again. Yep, yep. Um, but you're like what you're saying about the apps thing, 
I mean, how does that relate to, to your job or your career? No, I think it relates to uh, the challenges that they face in in life today. Not yeah. just career, but life. Uh, you know, there's so much uh, opportunities and, and but information to pass through, to curate and to understand. Um, and I think an analogy I was pointing out earlier to you today was that, you know, our parents, every time we're trying to get them to try out a new app or something like that, it almost feels like we have to teach them from scratch again. Yeah. Because they're really just not used to that level of adapting to technology that fast. Mm. Whereas kids today just have to, they have to adapt that fast and it's not easy uh, to just keep like, you know, learn from scratch, learn something from scratch again yeah. and to be able to pick it up very quickly. But that's a skill that I think a lot of young people have today as, a, as even compared to people our age and uh, mm. mid-30s or so who, un, you know, it still takes us quite a bit of time to get up to speed with a certain But then there will probably, I mean, looking at, 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 let's say the big thing now is AI, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. So someone maybe in their 20s in 10 years' time, to them, AI would be like, oh, what is this? But someone who's a teenager now might be a lot more adept, adapted to AI. Yeah. And maybe 10 years down the road, uh, 20-somethings then, for them to actually do like data entry stuff will be so out of their, their uh, like uh, unfathomable, unfathomable to them that that it, it then it's a whole different set of problems. Yeah. So it seems like, it then is it is it fair to say that every generation is going to think that the newer generation has it easy, and that's something we just cannot avoid? Or do you think that it's possible that there will be a point in time, unless unless like let's say there's World War Three or something? Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we had that discussion that day, right? Yeah. Now. We what what we were talking about over lunch was that is it is it true that every generation feels the next generation is uh, a bunch of like uh, wussies? But then we were thinking, let's say if you grew up in uh, you were twenty something in the year nineteen hundred. And when you were 30-something in 1914, boom, World War One, And you can't, like, uh, you, and for a few years down the road, you can't say that, oh, you know, the younger generation had it easy because they just went through a world war. But then the counter-argument was that if they grew up in 1900s, probably there were some other shitty challenges Black they had to deal with. Uh, the yeah. Black Plague or, and all that. So if it's the case where every generation is going to be shitting on the next generation, then maybe that's what we just need to accept. Like. Yeah. So so I think the, the point of the Rice Media article is that let's not... Uh, Let's not, you know, go around this spiral of cynicism and condescension about the next generation and accept that every generation is coming out has its challenges. Uh and and what you think is them being soft is actually just someone just adapting to the current situation. Lah. Yeah. Uh, so I is there a real conclusion in the article? No, but they're maybe just saying stop being so judgmental. Lah. If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. But do you think it's ever it's ever <laughs> gonna happen? What, what is ever going to happen? Where there's going to be a generation who who will be like mature enough to be like, you know what? I went through some shit times, but I have no idea what the newer generation is going under. I need to give them, I need to understand where they're coming from. I think that's why I was saying that they, what needs to happen is a real zombie apocalypse. Huh? No. Then we can say that, oh, the previous generation had it so much better than us, you know? Yeah, they didn't right. have to deal with zombies. Yeah, actually, maybe zombie, maybe alien invasion, maybe Aliens. meteorite, yeah. maybe some sort of thing that really pulls us together. Yeah. I think I think maybe meteorite, meteorite not so much because that could totally wipe yeah, out our wipe species. Out, yeah, maybe maybe something like let's climate say, change. Climate change. Yeah, but climate change is too slow. That's also, the thing. So it needs no, to be fast. No, it, like I think things that extend beyond one generation, right, will never be a problem that that generation feels. And yeah. that's the problem with climate change, where nobody nobody really needs to give a shit. Because, yeah, you never see the impact. Yeah. There needs to be something like, maybe like for a week, right, there's no electricity on Earth. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. And then after that, it goes back to normal and we just deal with the shit. Like. True. So, so maybe, that, I mean, that's like, that's like almost like a, a movie, uh, like a supervillain. Yeah. Just, but, but to, okay. just to give us some shit to deal with. Uh. Yeah, but you think about it and say climate change. Uh. So temperatures have been rising. 
I'm sure temperatures now are hotter than they were in 1967 when, when national service was first introduced. Yeah. So, you know, like although they were wearing maybe thicker uniforms that no dry fit uniform or whatever shit, right? But temperatures in the jungles probably were better than, than they are today. So there's a difference already, right? No, but see, that's the thing. It's so easy to uh, to come back and counter that, right? And that's the problem. I think like we will never be able to understand what someone else feels, which is why this argument is always like that. What we need is like a VR uh, machine that is capable enough for anyone to go into any point of time and experience life as it is. Like. So maybe yeah. when that happens, think what, we can solve this whole millennial generation uh, issues, we can solve racism, yeah. we can solve discrimination of any sort. Like if you are a, a, like clearly uh, guilty of being like a fucking racist, just your punishment is like a, a year you spend as that race. Hmm. That sounds like, that, it, that. someone just needs to invent that machine. Uh. Basically a self-flagellation machine. Uh. Where we punish ourselves. No, but flagellation? No, la, that's like <laughs> saying that you become that race, you're punishing yourself. No. Uh. Mm. Like there was this one really interesting documentary that I heard that was produced in the US. And this was when I was an undergraduate. So in like early 2000s, that never got aired. But basically what it did was it took a black actor and put enough makeup on him to make him look white. And it did the, the converse. Like it took a white actor and put on blackface on him. Mm. And I think they just had to live like that for a month. And at the end of it, Apparently, the conclusions were, were very interesting. Like, like the white person uh, who was uh, black for that month said he finally understood what it means to be a uh, to face discrimination as a black person. But conversely, the black person who was a white person for that month realized that a lot of the things he thought people were doing to him because he was black, they were doing to him when he was white. How did he become from black to white? Was it like makeup, a white, white chick? So it's like a white chick's kind yeah, of Yeah, like white chick's. Seriously. So wow. because it never aired... I tried Googling it, I couldn't find it, but I mean, I can totally imagine it because I, I have seen some of my own family members complain like, oh, you know, I sat down on the train, the person next to me uh, uh, scratched his or her nose, you know, that's terrible. But I'm like, maybe they just had an itchy nose. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that's so nuanced, right, that you can never know. But if that really was the outcome of the show, I can understand why they didn't air it, like, because it's so controversial. Yeah. Um, I mean... One one of the interesting things that, that uh, was talked about in the article also was that there was a survey in 2018 by mm. youth.sg that says in 7 out of 10 young people surveyed uh, did not think that university educa- tertiary education they receive in Singapore prepared them sufficiently to join the workplace. They so mean specifically tertiary education in Singapore? In Singapore. So 70% of our youth think and that... And tertiary is, is basically university? Poly also counted. Oh, yeah. poly. So yeah, they prepare, they think seventy percent of our youth don't think that going to university is useful for for learning work. No, but going to university like in Singapore or general? In Singapore. In Singapore. So that yeah. means they are open to going to university abroad. Yeah, yeah. But in general, I mean, Ooh. it's a minority of people who go abroad, right? So no, because that 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 reminds me of this one letter that went viral, I think, two years ago about some eighteen-year-old person who titled the letter saying Singapore I tried but I'm not in love with you anymore and basically yeah. talked about how he he or she I can't remember was going to London because they've had enough of Singapore yeah. and I mean to me that letter was like uh, you know like the grass is always greener yeah, yeah, if correct. you have never spent an extended amount of time in any country it's always good to see that country through a rose-sitted lens yeah. so that's why I was asking if they're talking about uh, tertiary education in Singapore specifically uh, and they're okay with tertiary education abroad to me that's a very different thing mm. but this one are, you, are we assuming that 
to them tertiary education in general. Like. Okay, let's just assume tertiary education in general. general like. So so I mean seven out of ten. What do you think of that statistic? Man? Does it does it like Firstly, like, like it paints a very bad image of tertiary education, yeah. right? Okay, so so I would say because I, I mean some of my younger cousins also who I speak to, I always like to ask them what they think about university, like. Mm. So okay, like right now, I think uh, the one thing about should you pay like a few hundred thousand dollars on your own uh, money to go study abroad at a at an Ivy League school or something, I think that itself is a very debatable thing. But I do think university serves a purpose for people who. Uh, maybe still not sure what they need, what they want to do. Yeah. Because I think if you're like 17 and you know you want to be a chef or you want to be an architect, uh, I mean, architect, you still need to go to university, but something, or you want to start a business, then I would say, you know what, a university might not add anything because you already know what you want. And, they are, and now more than ever, you have many opportunities on even through the internet that you can get to start on that journey. But if you don't know what you want to do, that's where I think university still holds a place because it exposes you to a lot more than it did maybe in secondary school mm. uh, and it also kind of forces you to function in some sort of a mini society and like feel that out yeah. so I still think there is a purpose la. yeah I mean uh, because the art- in the article the on the, the CNA article the guy went on to say that because of this uh, you know because students don't find university grades or the, the pursuit of grades or a university degree that helpful anymore they will do other things like sign up for extra CCAs, you know, getting leadership positions in whatever CCAs they're in, or going for exchange because it's not a new thing, resume. Right? Yeah, so so he's saying that people do that because they want to stand out more from their peers in uni, la. Yeah. And the thing I was thinking is that like what you're saying, like university actually, at least for for me, la, was just a in my life is probably it was the last chance to be. In the in the same group of people who are all who all don't know what the fuck they want to do with their lives, yeah. But all, all like striving hard to 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 figure that out, lah. Yeah. That's the last time you ever be in a group that's so like singularly minded on like not only discovering yourself but also like uh, discovering what they want to do for the rest of your life and getting drunk. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, that's the bonus. <laughs> but yeah, it's just you will never ever later in your life as you're older, you'll never be in that that kind of group again where you. You're surrounded by people who are also interested in learning, also interested in, you know, just sitting down listening to an older person talk for an hour and a half and, and things like that. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know whether it's it's a, a a thing. I mean, just from talking to my cousins alone, or like, you know, when we used to film on university campus, I always yeah. used to like asking students, "So, are you looking forward to graduation?" Oh no, ah, you know, I hate this place. I can't wait to yeah. work. I'm like, wow, university, is it really that, that bad? That, yeah. Or is it the fact that when you are a student, you think being an adult is going to be liberation, you know, you're going to be able to do whatever you want because you own your own money. But with that comes a whole lot of other problems. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so, so it's one of those things that, that I don't know whether people have a, have a, is the whole grass is greener thing again? Because I think if before you go to university, what does university sound like to you? Oh, you know, like uh, more homework, more classes, more this. Um, but and now with all these dating apps and the internet, I think even the chance to hook up or meet people of the yeah. opposite sex. Like last time university, especially oh, yeah, if you grew up in a single school, secondary school, yeah. of course you want to go to junior college. It's the first <laughs> time you get to hang out with girls and like and like uh, people of the opposite sex or people yeah. of the, of the uh, and yeah. So there's that avenue there, like. But then now if you think about it, you don't need to go to university to get late. Yeah. You can exactly. just all this apps thing. So, so maybe Tinder <laughs> has taken over university. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tinder. Tinder has kind of like carved out that one chunk of, of university where you yeah do you need to stay in the same hostel to 
to to get laid. No, you can just like uh, with Tinder, anything's possible. I'm sure you didn't mention when when you were applying for scholarship or that you didn't mention that that's one of the reasons you wanted to go to university, right? <laughs> to go abroad, right? Especially yeah. to go abroad to get away from the the the, the nucleus family in Singapore. Yeah, in a HDB block where you can't do anything. But but yeah, like, it's like, like yeah, I mean the statistic is surprising. It's eh? surprising because when you ask me the yeah the value of a a degree like. At the end of the day, right, like you and I, we were on the same campus as uh, very esteemed individuals now, uh, such as Donald Trump and uh, Joe Lowe, the 1MDB fraudster. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys were in university at the same time we were. Yeah. And look what they've become. I mean, one has become president of... No, Donald Trump wasn't uh, in, in the university same time as us, but his daughter was there as a... Ivanka Trump was actually yeah. studying our school as well. Um. But yeah, but the thing is that university can be whatever you want it to be, yeah. So you look at someone like Jolo, whereas he, whereas normal students like like us, we were looking for internships over summer and all that. Mm. Jolo, you know, wanting to be the one MDB fraudster that he became, he actually ended up, you know, spending his summers hanging out with Middle Eastern royalty, you know, trying to see who can I hook up with, in terms of the the sheikhs and the the princes and everything. And that's why he spent his summers doing and making those contacts and, and just eventually laying the path for what would become his grand 1MDB uh, fraudster scheme. Yeah. Not saying that that's a good thing, but you know, he basically he took university and he, he saw it as this platform where he could have access to all these people and he just built the building blocks for his later success. Okay, but one thing, uh, I think we need to give full disclosure that both Terrence and I went to the University of Pennsylvania. Yes. Right? And, and I think that... That is a, a good university, even though yeah. the latest ranking is ranked below NUS and NTU uh, okay. in the yeah. global university ranking. Yeah, yeah. But I think that also needs to be part of this discussion because for us, a university like that, you get people from, I don't know, 95 different countries. You get like Nobel laureates in the in the faculty. There's room for opportunity, but not every university is like that. That's true. Yeah, That's so, true. So, so I think that is something that we're also trying to to, even check though we hate the term, yeah, check, check, our privilege, privilege. check our privilege. Because yeah, going to the university, and I mean like what Terence mentioned just now, I did go down on a scholarship, even though the scholarship body, I think they're wondering what the fuck I'm doing in my life now. Because yeah. uh, yeah. I did leave the, the body, but... Much but yeah. regrets. <laughs> <laughs> but, but going there, yeah, it was, it was great. So just trying to understand also like, I don't know, maybe, I mean not all universities are the same, same mm. way not all schools are the same. So maybe there is a reason why people think that way because... Yeah, the, if if you go to a university that doesn't that doesn't open that many doors for you, right, and you still pay a fee, do you really need to go, la? Yeah, but then again, we were just walking around the campus, the new campus of SMU yeah. recently, and I think we were quite wowed by everything we saw, la. Yeah, you man. Know? It's like I mean, we're talking about really funky study areas where you can take a nap on a beanbag, and then there's a two meter long foosball table. Yeah, three dimensional ping pong yeah, table. Yeah. Like, holy crap, so, like, man. We had none what of that hell? when we were in school, right? It was just more, like, I mean, we had nice study rooms, yeah, but we didn't have all that creative stuff. Also, so, so, yeah. so I, I'm saying like, it's, it's also an arms race, right? To, to say like, oh, to, to, I mean, it's also, if you just keep saying, oh, yeah, the US is better because that, I mean, you're also dealing with different things. Like our campus was also, there was more crime on our campus, yeah. walking around at night was a problem, you know, things like that. But I think, going back to that survey, I think one thing, do you think it's a problem that now on social media, right, it kind of over, overplays successes and downplays failures in the sense that it's so easy to see this 17-year-old guy who wrote a program and 
had a company and sold it for 30 million. So I'm just thinking if I was a 17-year-old guy thinking like, oh, you know, fuck, that guy did it. Why do I need to go to university to, to do that? But that by looking at that through the lens of social media, for every one example of a 17-year-old that does that, there are probably like 10,000 people also creating apps who are getting nowhere. Yeah, and And true. I do think that does contribute a bit to the problem because... I mean, you, it's so easy to share success stories and just like how Instagram stories I've spoken about in the past makes me feel sometimes shit when I'm going through a shit day because it's the little good things of everyone's life which when consolidated is an onslaught of positivity. Yeah. So if you see the 17-year-old guy in Poland, the 16-year-old guy in Australia, all having these huge successes, right? Without taking into the context that they are probably one in a million or one in 10 million, it's very easy to romanticize the idea of doing things on your own. Mm. So you're saying that now the media seems to elevate those people who dropped out of university. Yeah, it's almost a cool thing. What? The Zuckerbergs, exactly, the, the exactly. Steve Jobs. Peter Thiel has this thing where he, uh, Peter Thiel is like this, uh, seemed to be like a god in Silicon Valley. I think it's him or Paul, Gra- Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, also like a, a Silicon Valley legend. I think they have, they have this thing where if you drop out of college with a good idea, they will give you $100,000 to pursue that idea hmm. because the whole dropping out of college thing has become sexy. Yeah. Um, but, for people who maybe don't have a great app idea or something, going to college, especially if you come from a lower socioeconomic tier, or going to university, it's a way out of yeah. it. It's still, it's still a, a good way to, to, I think, yeah, network, meet people, like-minded people yeah. who you can go out to the world with and build that million dollar, billion dollar app. Yeah, with, and right? yeah, it's almost minimizing risk, lah. Because let's say if you're a total badass, you are super confident of your of your smarts, your capability, you might be able to find your way, lah. But not everyone is like that. Yeah. And having a degree, I don't see it as just a paper thing because provided you go to some place where you actually can take skills away from, it does give you another thing in your armor, lah. Yeah. Because yeah. some people are built with the confidence like armor when they're born, but some people need to build it up and. Things like this, while you're still exploring, exploring yourself and figuring out what you want to do, right? It, I do think there's a purpose, lah. Yeah. But uh, then, of course, it also is down to the person to make the best use of university, lah. Correct. Do you think that you made a good use of your time? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was super happy with, with what, what, what I did. But of course, I, I. But I thought you, you like dating wise, good, lah. <laughs> wow. Wow, I, I look back at my dating life in uni has a has a series of missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Uh. <laughs> wow, like big, every time I big, think about big it, like uh, gaping hole in oh your resume. Oh my god, it's like yeah, so many like s- seeds were sown, not literally, but yeah, when they when it just as many jump. as on one strawberry, <laughs> two hundred <laughs> yes, seeds. Shella, <laughs> why you have to bring that up, man? Because I mean, to to me, that is like <laughs> like if you ask me, oh, are there any regrets about what I did university? Not 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 so much dating, but just the social aspect of like hanging out with people and... and oh, for me, very clear. I didn't have enough sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> Too much information right here. As much as we, we are all about authenticity, sometimes we just... <laughs> it'd be okay if you just stay in your room and just like... like no, I need the world to know, man. Yeah. You go to university and have sex. No, I mean, but yeah. To me, <laughs> that is a nice, it's a nice byproduct of, of networking la, or, or meeting yeah. people. But, but yeah, just, just the act of meeting people who who are hungry to learn and to, you know, who can't wait to get out into the world and do stuff. That to me is like, oh shit, I should like just met more people back then. I uh. mean, in the same way, like NS also, even though you can argue that it's required, like whether it's too much time, to me, it was very eye-opening. Yeah, it is. uh. But Uh, it's fucking miserable for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm saying like, like the whole university thing, you can go to university and do jack shit and come out and of course it's useless. But you go to university, if you can 
take little bits of here and there and build on that, it ultimately prepares you for life also. Uh. So, so if you had a chance to uh, extend your time in university like more than four years, would you have wanted to? You mean like, would I have wanted to? Yeah, yeah. let's say, let's say there was a... Mm, okay, so I don't think so because, no. because for me, university, I, did, I think I changed a lot as a person going through it. Uh, for the better, la, even though I said just now the things I said, I did change for the better. But because I was bonded to the company that uh, sco- uh, gave me the you scholarship, had to, uh, yeah. I had to go back, la, which was a bit of a, uh, a thing to bear in mind. But of course, without them, I wouldn't have gone to university in the first place. Yeah. But I would say it really shaped me to the person that I am now doing this. La. Yeah. yeah, Because this is something I could totally see my, my graduating uh, Harish uh, doing. Uh, I, but I had to go through four and a half years of the corporate world in a different industry that I also learn a lot from. Yeah. But but yeah, so to extend it, I don't know, man. Because I think once you go through university, beyond a certain point, you are ready for the world. Yeah. And you can't, it's almost like, uh, you will never be ready for things. You kind of need to be thrown in the deep end. Uh, and I like being thrown in the deep end. Uh. Yeah. yeah w- uh, one, one thing is, is, like, I think university allows you to explore whatever interests or quirks that you might have. Uh. Yeah. If it's your last chance probably to like really find four other like-minded people to start a band with yeah. or to, no, to I think, I do think some weird true. hobbies with. Because you know? the way society is structured now is probably the last time you can in some way uh, fuck not, around. Yeah, fuck around and not have a, a job. La. Yeah, and not be judged for that. right? And not be judged. Yeah. So this is regardless of whichever university you go to. And, and I'm saying, of course, society, of course, we can adapt. You know, you're a lifelong student and all that crap. But at this point, university is the last point where you can fuck around and not, yeah, exactly, yeah, not exactly. be seen as you're wasting your life. Yeah, yeah. So take advantage of that. And at the same time, of course, if you can, in parallel, do shit, yeah, why not? Yeah, start a YouTube channel. Yeah, but how did we, we how did we come to this when we started talking about our millennials? I don't know, just the value of a degree. Oh, the value of a degree. La. I mean, because the that question was... It was twofold uh, about millennials and about uh, what's the value of a degree for a, a millennial today. La. Yeah. So that's what we were trying to address. So, But we haven't really explored the, the uh, millennial strawberry thing. Uh. Maybe we can leave that for... for uh, uh, I mean, no, you, it, like that, uh, that, that's one aspect of it. La. Like, we, I think we answered the question of what we think is the value of a degree. Yeah. But, uh, and then a lot of stuff we said was in defense of... of, of the millennials coming out into the world today. Like it's not mm. an easy world to, to live in. But then, there's a whole other thing that we haven't talked about, which is the work ethic of, of the work ethic of young people today versus yeah. previously. Like, like yeah. I don't know if you've got any thoughts about that. Um, uh, uh, I think, see, see, the thing is, I don't think I have enough experience with enough people to pass the judgment that covers the entire generation. And I've seen both sides of the coin. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think for me, it all boils down to right now, because uh, I said before that I think people are extremely shaped by the environments they grew up in. Mm. Uh, and it's not said they are, uh, most of the time, I don't believe people are inherently lazy or whatnot. It's just because of what they grew up. Because yeah, your environment plays a part. So as a millennial growing up now, like what you said, it's a totally different world. And, and yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's almost like you have a circle trying to fit in a, square hole uh. and can you fault the circle for being a, a circle so I think right now because our ways are, uh, are, are things that are our generation developed you have a new generation coming in yeah it's about finding that fit uh. and, and I think what makes it worse is because the rate of technological progress is so fucking fast now right mm. that 
you become irrelevant very fast. Whereas our older older generations, I will believe that if you are a 30, 30 plus year old, you enter the workforce, chances are there's not as much difference. Yeah. Because technology is still in the same generation, you don't have a leap going from like phone to iPad. Uh. Whereas now, like if you go in as an undergrad and you come out, it's almost a totally different world. Uh. So that's what I think makes the problem more. So I wouldn't go so far as to say that they are they are soft or anything. I think it's just there's a mismatch of the expectations versus what they are prepared for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my same, I also don't have that much experience. But what I do see is that they are actually millennials, or at least the younger people coming out to workforce today, are very hardworking in their own silos, uh, mm. I would say. In that if they are very interested in something, they'll be super hardworking, super conscientious and about it. Like, like let's say it's a very niche niche thing that they are very interested in lah. and and so the hard part is how do you translate that you know the effort that they put in their silo into other aspects of life are that that are involved with uh, running a business or working with other people in a workplace and things like that mm. if they're not interested in in that aspect of things right like getting along with people in the workplace and all that then it will appear like they're very lazy Mm. Actually, they, they actually put a lot of effort in their little in their their thing, individual right? endeavors that they are very interested in. Whereas we were, we were a bit more generalist. Huh? I think, yeah, the older people who came out earlier in the workforce all generally know they understand that they are part of a, a bigger machine yeah. and you got to play along. If not, you're, you're fucked. Huh? You're going to be and fucked. And I think that kind of reflects uh, the consumption of knowledge as well. Because last time, before the internet, are we cool, what? Read magazines, read newspapers, and it's almost, they dictate, yeah, yeah, encyclopedia. They dictate what we need to know. Whereas now, if you're interested in like the rhinoceros beetle of Africa, right, you can spend like a month just reading up on that. Yeah. So exactly. in some way, that is also, they're shaped by their environment. And maybe the way we approach work right now is not optimum for that generation. I know my yeah. friend who's a lawyer in London, he said they are training courses for employees on how to deal with millennials. Yeah. So of course, at face value, that makes it seem like, oh, you have to learn to be sensitive and all yeah. that. But if you look at it the way that you're just preparing yourself to deal with this, this generation that grew up in a totally different world, maybe that's something that needs to happen more and more. Yeah, yeah they, they are very, I would say they are more sp- specialized than... Then we were like you say, like we are yeah. generalists in a way. We understand that whatever we do is part of a bigger machine. Yeah. And you need to play along with people. You need to understand. But if you look at us versus our parents, we would probably yeah. be the one the specialist. Yeah, Can you imagine the... telling like my dad if he was around? Yeah, you know what I do is I talk into a mic yeah. uh, to I don't know who the fuck's listening, the fuck? yeah. and this is what we do. And we make videos where we don't know who the fuck is watching. And then they'd be like, "What? Who's listening? Yeah, like, who's listening? Is it on the air? Like, where can I receive it? Yeah, you know? exactly. You mean people yeah. have to click to watch? You mean they just don't? Why turn would they on click and... to watch? Yeah, you know, exactly. Why would I go and look for you? It's so troublesome. Yeah, I just want to go in my car, drive to work, and turn on, and then you are there. That's yeah, exactly. And only four minutes. You know what? Why not thirty minutes? Whereas now we look at TikTok like fifteen seconds. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. So so yeah, I think it's. So I think like the, the main point of the Rise Media article or at least one point which I agree with is that it should be less about oh my generation is more manly or uh, like harder than yours or like stuff like that and just figuring out how to deal with this intergenerational gap because it's always going to be there. Like, I don't yeah. think it'll ever disappear. Unless yeah, like we say like, zombie apocalypse. Then. <laughs> or there's this VR machine where maybe as a baby right you just experience life for one week as a 70 year old a 60 year old and like growing up in different generations so when you are uh, like a one year old you already have experienced multiple type of generations and no one can hold you to like oh you didn't grow up in this area like. yeah you experienced everything yeah so maybe yeah. there should be one thing like in the future there should be a machine where as a one year old you live in like the uh, the 1910s 
that one two year olds you live in the 1920s 30s 40s until you're like 10 years old uh. yeah so then and you do that so that at least there's a lot more overlap uh for future generations uh. there i just solved the fucking problem man. yeah so previously i said uh what we need is a male uterus yeah. uh, now is a machine that allows people to experience life as someone else for a year and that's a perfect segue because since we're talking about delusions yeah and inventions <laughs> and inventions <laughs> we go to another now more or less less serious topic of the week which is also about a deluded person doing something that's pissing a lot of people off yeah so this deluded person is uh, someone you you may have you may have come across it's called a Kim Kardashian so she recently announced a project that she has apparently been working on for like a year or 15 years or something and it's a line of shapewear that is meant to be very inclusive so shapewear is essentially what I believe is things women wear on the inside to give them uh, a more a shape that they desire to kind of keep things tight and like the market leader I think it's Spanx and you got your athletic wear the compression outfits so Kim Kardashian has released something that has a very noble intention to create shapewear that is meant to be inclusive for all body types but the name is the kimono and no <laughs> no no difference in spelling from the traditional yeah. Japanese cultural outfit that K-I-M-O-N-O yeah yeah, so as you would intimates. expect, there's so much backlash about cultural appropriation, about insensitivity. Doesn't help that she tried to trademark it. Yeah, she tried right? to trademark trademark the word, the word kimono. kimono. And in, and I mean the Instagram counts kimono body right now. Yeah. But the brand itself is just kimono as kimono. it is. No difference in spelling from the original Ooh. Japanese cultural cultural. Okay, dress. so what I think, right? Because Kim Kardashian, I think she's she's a genius who's damn good at playing dumb. Yeah. And she's super savvy. Maybe yeah. it's her or maybe it's her mom who's supposed to be the, the business uh, uh, mastermind. But I definitely know, I definitely think that she knew it would cause this much backlash. Because if you Google Kim Kardashian kimono, right, it's page after page of every news outlet covering it. Yeah. Every news outlet. So you think covering. she's somewhat trolling or so lah. I think she's, she's how much marketing is free marketing man yeah. think about it she had one post on Instagram and almost every article has a link to the post yeah. you see her picture there you see the product what more could you want but I mean would she then would she change it after this I don't think she would yeah exactly so but, she okay. still is trying to go through with a trademark application I mean even if she doesn't get trademark she can trademark the brand name right the business name it'd be kimono yeah I guess right could, you can yeah. what yeah. so you can still call it kimono yeah. but but to me, that is the marketing job done already. True. And true. I don't, I mean, if you've seen things that she or her sisters have done in the past, I think they have been guilty of some stupid things. Like there was one of the, the Jenners who was in a Pepsi ad. Yeah, correct. And even though, okay, she was an actor in the ad, if you take up a job like that, you probably know the brief. You probably know what it's going to look like, but you still did it. So that's one thing. Then there was another sister who I think uh, was, was guilty of appropriating black culture for her t-shirts or something. Yeah. So... So I don't know, man. I think and it's almost like right now, pref- like they were like, okay, which culture can we appropriate now yeah. uh, to, to kind of put a marketing spin on it? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because they said that uh, one of the things, there's this BBC article talking about it, was that the kimono, I mean, this, the line that, of, that she's selling, right? The kimono intimates is basically shapewear, like really f- tight-fitting stuff yeah. that squeezes you in and, and forces you to conform to a shape. Whereas the traditional... Japanese kimono is precisely not that. It's something that's free-flowing but, but covers you fully and allows you to move quite freely. La. I thought, is it they can move freely? I thought you see those geishas, they're like like little, little hobbles, 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 you have to knee. <laughs> little, little hobbles. <laughs> you yeah. sound like that, little lemmings. 
No, I mean, it, it, in the sense that it, it it covers your body. It doesn't it hides your oh, shape, yeah, right? It hides, it hides your, your shape. shape. It doesn't tell the world this is my figure. But this shapewear is also supposed to be under the dress, but people are not supposed to wear it on the outside. Yeah, but I it's mean, inner wear. She's, she, I mean, the marketing. She's freaking just wearing it in public, like pretty much like in a room with like other people. Yeah. So the point is that it, it's it's kind of ironic that you took this thing that is not only is it like sacred in Japanese culture or that. But it's the complete. It looks the complete opposite of what it's supposed to be, la. So again, to me, she was. She knew that. Think about it, lah. Okay, if she's been working on this for a year, right? Yeah. And probably the people she gets on this project, given her clout, are people who are good at what they do. Yeah. Which you can assume they're pretty smart people. Yeah. And to do something like this, they definitely knew. Because okay, you think about the downside to this backlash, right? Let's mm. say everybody in Japan doesn't buy it. No yeah. woman in Japan buys it. Yeah. You still have the whole fucking world, man. Yeah. But I mean. She got kimono.com. Like kimono.com. Oh, no one had kimono.com before. No one had kim- oh, oh, maybe she bought it God. or somebody. I don't know. Oh my God. But so, so people are kind of afraid that yeah, the next time you say Japanese kimono. Yeah, people are going to think of, like a, a person growing is, up now. Yeah, what the things. hell do you know? Like there was that, that thing where I think when uh, younger kids were growing up and you they play a song, they'd be like, oh, that song is from Glee when it's yeah. actually a Beatles song exactly, because they don't yeah. know who the hell is Beatles. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's So that's people are worried about people, that. Like, you're destroying, you're taking oh. over culture, you're erasing Japanese oh traditional kimono. So, so then, then how would you guard against this? Mm. So one, one thing, and and I mean, you're like, let's say, okay, let's say, uh, if I were to start an underwear line called yeah. Chongsam, Chongsam, uh, yeah. How would you feel? Uh? Do you think I'm appropriating, appropriating your culture? Like, and have a little slit also by the side. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, or like you have like a I don't know like a uh, another underwear boxer line called Sari. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's the, that's the, the issue. Because, uh, yeah, that was literally something that someone says. It's like selling underwear and then calling it sari. Yeah. So and it, I mean, to be honest, if, if there was a sari thing, I would be like, hey, fuck, you cannot choose a better name, is it? Exactly. But yeah. the thing is, how you got no legal recourse, right? Yeah. Right, so I think, and that's the biggest problem. Like, like how do you defend, like, everyone in Japan in this, they boycott it. But it's still going to, they're still going to confirm they're going to sell out like crazy. Yeah. And it can even be a thing, oh, you know, I'm wearing a kimono, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I think, yeah, the issue now, right now is the trade, the attempt to trademark it. Like, that seems, it has taken it to another level. It's over, a bit over the top already where, let's say a Japanese person who's actually trying to sell traditional kimonos, yeah. is going to get in trouble because any clothing that is oh really kimonos, that is insane. they can sue you. Like. And like probably if you want to search like Japanese kimono or something, yeah, then, then she comes come up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh Yeezys and, and kimonos. My oh god. my god. Yeah, that's the world we live in. Like. Yeah, kimonos imagine, are going to be sold with Yeezys. Can you imagine if like, there's this alien race that is kind of picking up on like pop culture and the zeitgeist and all that and, yeah. and when they search kimono, they're like, oh, this is an ancient Japanese costume, thousands of years and boom, no, King Tradition comes up. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What, what? This is what the humans wear. You know what? Let's bomb the fucking planet. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, kimono. So yeah, I, I guess that's the... Thing like is it is it cultural appropriation in that way? Because she hasn't done anything with the actual dress; she just took the name of it, and because she's a Kim, also, so she just took yeah. Over and Kim you Mono. can also kind of spin a very noble thing around it, right? You know, yeah. she wants to. It's an inclusive, inclusive brand of shapewear exactly. that takes every shape and size. Yeah. So how it's hard to hate on something like that. Yeah, you could yeah. even say you go as far as to say that the Japanese kimono, in a way, is you not know, the is tied to geishas and yeah. servitude to men. And you want to, you know, modernize it and, and, and all this stuff and it's about, you know, like being the true woman you are and yeah. all that. Like, yeah, so how? I, I think even now, like, I, I, mean, I bet Japan is also going like, what the fuck, guys? What do we do? Yeah. We can't do anything. Then maybe this might spark a whole wave of different countries trademarking things 
pertinent to their culture lah. Yeah, and you got to trademark in every single country. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Like think about if there's a US brand that starts a line of dildos called the Malayan. Yeah, or then we fucked the idea. But that would be fucking hilarious, right? Or the Malayan hit, and then it can like spurt out something at the end. Also, if you need, yeah, Malayan dildo. Exactly. How we feel? Cultural appropriation, oh. but that's even worse. It's not even anchored <laughs> in culture, in a specific race or a- ethnicity. It's just something that we conjured up like fifty years ago, sixty years yeah. ago. So yeah, it, it, I think it's a difficult ethical dilemma, man. Like, what do we, as consumers, lah? Like, I, I guess that's one way that we can show our support or not show yes, our support. Yeah, I but mean, like, let's say your, I mean. Okay, I don't know whether I'm guessing you don't buy inner wear for your wife. But yeah. let's say there's a kimono man. And yeah. for some reason, let's say you need to wear shapewear. Uh-huh. <laughs> Would you buy kimono? I'll try not to. I always believe you can vote with your dollars as yeah, well. So, but you would still try things. it? Huh? You would still try it? No, I wouldn't. Oh, you yeah, would I, not I, to, I will yeah. try not yeah, to. Yeah, also, if I wanted to get shape, Because to me, it's like, yeah, it's just one of those things like, culture is something that is so easy to lose. Yeah. Uh, and just by doing this, like, but you can't stop Kim Ka- businesses from doing this. But it's just like, can you guys have some, some? What can you even say? Decency, Respect. Yeah. Is it decency? Yeah. Just to know. Oh shit! This culture thing is so cool. Why not? But Kim Kardashian is obviously biz- very business savvy, and she's probably going to make a killing of this. Yeah. And the name, like the fact that we are talking about this, you know, we are one of our precious podcast slots. We're devoting to fucking Kim Kardashian and her fucking kimonos. Yeah, I, I think what we're trying to do is because. We can't see a solution for yeah. things like that, right? You can't. So and even like, I mean, just along the lines of like uh, uh, companies stealing shit. Uh, there's Fortnite, you know, stealing yep. the dancers. Yep, yep. Recently, yep. also there was this uh, Jack's film, a big YouTuber of like four million plus subscribers. He did a deep dab, which is like all the way down to the ground, and it appeared in the latest update in Fortnite. And Fortnite oh, really? charges people to to do this. Uh. Then he's like, and it's hard for him to go against a company like that. Yeah. Right yeah. and wow, it's one of these things. Like even in Singapore, also we have the example uh, is of March, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what what's the name of that company? Ayuga, 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 yeah. I I U E G A. Uh no, I U I G A. Basically, they're a company that sells uh homeware products, and they use they came out with a strategy that says that they they will cut out the middlemen and they will provide you uh designer products at a much lower price. So they sell homeware on their website that is that they say is from the same manufacturer as Muji. So uh, recently, yeah, recently they were hit with a lawsuit uh, by Muji, saying that asking them to no no uh, demanding that they stop using their name in whatever marketing collateral they use and. Uh, and yeah, basically pay damages as well. But that case is still ongoing. The right? case is still ongoing, so we're not very sure because there's a lot of back and forth between but both I sides. Mean, I mean, the shop you see, yeah, they're very uh, stylistic and they look like they have good products. Like, but then it's one of those things again that you can't bank on people kind of doing the, I wouldn't even say ethical thing, but maybe the mm. respectful thing. Yeah. Because I think it's a fucking disgusting business concept. Because, yeah. I mean, and a company like Muji who at this point in time have no uh, lawsuits against like ill treatment of workers or anything. So you assume that they're doing it respectfully and they put, they've been around and like creating cool shit that, that or good designs is not an easy thing. Like. Yeah. And they probably had to work with a bunch of different manufacturers to find one that can can purchase it. And if Ayuga or whatever the hell their name is, say they really do go to the manufacturers, that's really an asshole thing to yeah. do. And uh, I guess the parallel with the whole kimono thing is that 
basically you are appropriating someone else's name that they over time has had his have his, has his own identity has his own value and you just take the name and you just sort of use it to sell your own products yeah because that. they specifically mentioned Muji on their website yeah, they, as they well they said right? same manufacturer as Muji so what you're saying there is the same quality same blah blah and then so in the kimono case I would say that you take a name that like a word like kimono that is for so many years has been a form of uh, respect and, and you know it brings back a lot of good feelings for people uh, in Japan but also people from outside Japan we see it and we know that this is what the Japanese where during the summertime it's a very respectful a form of uh, culture and you take that word and you use it to sell your products you know without yeah. any change of it and then you will still want to trademark it somehow but then I would say like I think this Ayuga thing is even more insidious because if you look at kimono objectively it's a shapewear that's meant to be inclusive mm. the product is good it's an original product it's an original product but Ayuga yeah. like they, they seem to take this moral high ground telling customers oh we want to cut out the middleman to give you the best cost savings and yeah of course there are some brands that uh, uh, co- uh, increase uh, the margins like crazy when they don't have to like the whole Ray-Ban sunglasses thing you know but there are a lot of companies and like out there that generally put in a lot of work into R&D and charge for that, like, for quality. And here you come in, first of all, your shitty business practice. And second of all, you're painting yourself as a, like a Robin Hood. That's them assholes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but I, mean, I can imagine a lot of people liking the brand, right? Yeah, because it's, it's cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's good product, it's cheap. And yeah, like, it's one of those things that you, it's, it's always uh, good to say we should think about it, we should think about it, but changing behavior is a lot motivated by yeah. by money. Yeah, I think what you can save. You were saying it because I was saying you can vote with your dollars, but you're saying yeah. that it's very hard for to rely on people to vote yeah. with, their do- with their dollars, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we're we're so we wanted to discuss this because it's such a dilemma to There's us. No like. There's no solution. <laughs> There's no solution. There's no solution. There's gonna be Kim Kardashians who are gonna like Honestly, I think another time. invention, the menswear line Chong Sam. Chong Sam and Sari. Chong Sam. Chong Sam. Chong Chong Sam and Sari. <laughs> I tell yeah, you, like, like even the Sari the underwear, you have to wrap it around. Yeah, yeah. And then the Chong Sam, there's a little slit where you can poke out. Okay, but then then you can say that there is some is inspired by the original designs. Yeah, but you somewhat. still use the name, what? And yeah, you use name. But at yeah. least there's some element of the original designs. But so I think for the kimono, if, there's you're nothing. In kimono, she just changed saying, you know, this was inspired by the form fitting wear of the Japanese. But it's not form fitting wear. That's the irony, right? No, but I mean, maybe there's, whenever you say things are inspired by, you can always uh, yeah, spin it a certain way. You can spin so it maybe that will be a new marketing page. Uh. Maybe like you'll have the, the kind of uh, j- Japanese designs on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 will not, I will not count on her to, for such subtlety. Uh, that's for yeah, sure. that's why. Maybe her next line is sushi wear. Sushi. Where you wrap yourself around <laughs> to, to really keep you compact. In so form so yeah, we have no solution. Seaweed. If any of you out there have a solution, we would love to hear it. Yeah. Um, or if you think yeah. if you disagree with us and you think it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you if you, yeah, like just a- any thoughts because we are still wrapping our heads and this one was podcast where we don't have a, <laughs> a where to uh, nowhere to go after this also uh, in yeah. terms of yeah is kimono bad or good. Yeah. So please go and study four years in university. Yeah. And tell us the answer after that. Are yeah. Is kimono bad or good? Well, you get drunk and have a lot of sex. Yeah. yeah. Have a lot of sex. <laughs> a lot That's harsh. That's yeah, the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. That's my one takeaway for today. Go to university, go to tertiary education, have a lot of sex. Speaking of one takeaway. Yeah, one takeaway. That brings us to the our final segment. Which is one short thing for the week. Yeah. 
So Terence, what's your one shook thing for the week? I was hoping you can go first. Uh. Okay, you can. Yeah. Well, you don't have anything yet. Uh, uh still, still, it's percolating. Still my percolating. You yeah. got like a minute, no? Yeah. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So my one shook thing is this genius of a man, uh, who is apparently a writer for College Humor, the comedy website. Um, he became internet famous because he started a Pornhub channel called Ryan Creamer, and he looks like your your friendly neighborhood. Uh, Caucasian man and like not the creepy kind of uh, uh, friendly neighbor uh, man he really just looks like a nice guy la. and he became uh, immensely popular because the title of his videos right so he literally started a Pornhub channel for those of you who can access Pornhub uh, however you access it you can check it out I think he's got 6.2 million views and it's totally safe for work because the videos like one the first one I read is um, I play toys I play with toys to completion Secretary and boss enjoy healthy working relationship. I drive my Tinder date home safely in a Tesla on autopilot. So if if you have uh, accidentally stumbled on porn websites before, the titles are always like, I walk in on you and blah, 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 and it turns uh, not safe for work. La. So this guy's videos, literally, they're like 14 seconds long. I walk in on you and promptly exit. All he does is he comes in, he looks at the camera, he says sorry, and he walks out. <laughs> and it's totally parodying the whole porn uh, genre. I disagree with the ads around this video. Your penis size is fine as it is. And when I first saw the pictures, I thought it was just a meme, but it's an actual channel. I highly recommend it because it is fucking hilarious. Um, and, and it's totally safe for work. Of course, the website, it is still Pornhub or porn websites, but you can just Google it and read articles about it because I think it's a genius take on it. Uh. And I would like to end off with uh, my favorite title. I play Overwatch and don't have sex with the characters. Oh my god, genius! <laughs> so that's my one shock thing of the of the week. Okay, and my one shock thing actually is uh, something similar. It's also a video content creator. It's one of the YouTube channels, the few YouTube channels that I I, I still follow mm. quite religiously. It's the Corridor Digital Channel, and in the past week they they've done a couple of videos that I think are really awesome. One was a parody of the. Boston Dynamics uh, videos. Yeah, Boston Dynamics is, is a company that creates robots that are very lifelike. They walk like like animals. So they they show demonstration videos of these animal, uh, these robots like walking and humanoids then, like that. Yeah, like. humanoids, and then they get kicked or they get pushed by a human, and then they actually still manage to maintain their balance, almost like really creepily like an animal or a human. And so they this YouTube channel called Corridor Digital. These guys. Uh, they do. They specialize in VFX, and they did a parody of this this Boston Dynamics video by uh, using VFX and creating uh, a robot that actually fights back against humans. So that's the I've given away the punchline, but it's okay. It's still it's still enjoyable, even knowing that that's what the video is about, lah. Yeah. And uh, I think even when you saw the video, yeah, you I had thought, no, you thought it was real, right? Yeah, because it was ripped off and uploaded by one of those Facebook pages that is not damn like. And I was like, oh my god, this is scary. Then I recognized one of the people in the video. Yeah, yeah. So so they 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 do all these kind of really funky parodies of of pop culture videos, stuff that you see on the internet. And the other video that they did was very cool. Was about uh, deep fakes and and Tom Cruise. I won't spoil it for people, but. Go and check them out there. Corridor Digital on YouTube. They've awesome got YouTube 6 channel. million subscribers, I think. Yeah, 6.1. So they're, 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 and they're here to stay. They're going to continue creating great content, which you can't say that for every content YouTube content creator yeah. <laughs> like us. Yeah. <laughs> and so, we'll put the links to that in the show notes, yeah. show description. Check them out. Check them out. And, and yeah, we're done for today. Yeah. yeah. So, so as always, uh, please tell 
at least one or ten or hundred people about this podcast if you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, we do really appreciate the feedback we've been getting so far. Mm. And yeah, we will see y'all next week. Peace. Let me talk to y'all next week. Peace.